to favorite songs by the podcast where two friends and music industry professionals break down our favorite songs by Desert Island all time top five by our favorite artists are as follows to create our own ultimate best ofs playlists we're your hosts Nicole Pruch and Kit Atkinson Go. Okay, we're switching gears in today's episode and focusing on one of the world's true pop divas. We're talking about the Queen of Christmas, Mariah Carey. Get excited, everyone. Born on March 27, 1970 in Huntington, New York, Carey overcame adversity in her family life and struggled with racism to break onto the music scene with force. Starting out singing jingles for local radio advertisers, She signed a record deal at the age of just 19 when she released her first single, Vision of Love, and self-titled album. It went on to earn her five Grammy nominations and two wins for Best Pop Vocal Performance by a Female Artist and Best New Artist in 1990. Mariah Carey swiftly became a household name and one of the world's top-selling recording artists. She has been known in the music industry as a multifaceted talent, writing and co-writing most of her songs, producing and also arranging. These talents have garnered 35 Grammy nominations with a total of five wins to her name. Her countless accolades are too many to name for our short time here, but range from numerous Billboard and BMI Pop Music Awards, including the Billboard Icon Award in 2011, and the achievement she states she's most proud of, the Congressional Horizon Award in 1999, for her humanitarian work with Fresh Air Fund and Camp Mariah. She'll also be inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2022. Mariah Carey has smashed a a multitude of records. She's had 19 number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100, the most for any solo artist. 1995's Fantasy was the first single to debut at number one by a female artist, and One Sweet Day was the longest number one single in American history at 16 weeks, a record that was held for 23 years. Perry is also the only artist to have a number one song in each year of a single decade, the 90s. But her career has extended far beyond the 90s alone. Having famously paired her pop vocals with rappers like ODB and Puff, she was free to expand her sound and move further into hip-hop and R&B after she broke from her Columbia record deal in 2001. She went on to release smash hits like We Belong Together and Shake It Off. Before I wrap up, let's not forget her worldwide Christmas hit, All I Want for Christmas is You. It topped the charts in 2019, 25 years after its initial release, and stayed there into January of 2020, and then again in December of 2020, giving Mariah number one songs in every decade for four decades running. Mariah Carey truly is one of the greatest influential singers of all time. Her magic ingredient isn't just her buttery five-octave vocal range. She says that the magic lies in always believing in herself. Everyone, Mariah Carey. Finished up with some cheese there. I like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to. I mean, you read her memoir also, right? Yeah, <laughs> everyone, we did a fair bit of research on this by uh, reading her memoir, which is The Meaning of Mariah. And i got to say it's one of the better autobiographies. It's really good. Gets a little soppy at the end like all do, but... There's a lot of stuff about Mariah Carey that I just did not realise and, you know, especially reading about her growing up uh, was really interesting. Um, She had a lot to overcome and she did it in spades. So, yeah, it's great. It's great to, you know, I feel like I'm really rediscovering Mariah Carey through this, so it's quite good. (laughs) 
Me too. Yeah. I felt like there, I mean, it really does go into her upbringing more than anything else and her family background and the racism she's faced throughout her life that I didn't, I guess I just didn't realize it was that much and that full on, but definitely an eye opener and gives you some insight into like what her songs are about, a lot of them as well. And yeah, I thought it was really cool. I listened to the audiobook, which she narrates. So I recommend that's, that. That's awesome. That's, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm really disappointed that I didn't get to experience that. I, I just read the, read the boring traditional uh, book. But, you know. yeah. <laughs> Rules recap. One, we'll go through the album releases in chronological order. Two, the artist must be featured on the recordings. Three, There must be no more than 12 songs on the final list. All right. Well, man, there's so much to get through. Um, There is. Should we start at the top then? The the self-titled album in 1990, Mariah Carey. Yes. Great title for an album that I might steal it one day. (laughs) Uh, What did you have on this one? Um, Look, I, I really like this album. There's some great tracks on it. The ones that I picked out were Love Takes Time, Vision of Love, and Vanishing. Oh, okay. So I chose Vision of Love, I Don't Want to Cry, and Someday. That's a bit interesting, isn't it? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to revisit those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Someday is one of my favorites. Oh, man. Well, and look, I did have Someday in there for consideration. So yeah. when we come back, we can definitely have a look at that, I think. All right, so moving on to the 1991 release, Emotions. And I want to mention for some of these earlier albums, she worked a lot with the writer and producer Walter Afanasiev. I hope I'm saying that right, um, who was a big kind of. Big pop writer at the time. Um, and also, Carol King is a co writer on this album. Yeah, which is, I you know, I, I'm a big Carol King fan and hearing that was, uh, or reading that, you know, I was, I was like, oh, I really need to check this out. And it, it's interesting because Carol King became a fan after seeing her perform live and it was basically like, you've got to sing one of my songs. And um, Mariah Carey was just like, I can't, like, I'm not touching a Carol King song. Like, mm. you know, I'll work with you, but let's do a co-write instead. So you know, therefore they got together and wrote a song for the album. It's a really cool mm. song, actually. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, if if it's over, right? Yeah, and also the really cool point on on emotions is the fact that CNC Music Factory were, were producers on it, which back yeah. then they were very cool, and I was a big fan. But um, you know, that probably <laughs> didn't date so well. But uh, you know, you, you got got to give it up to Robert Claville and and David Cole. You know, really good um, stuff. I mean, I feel like this this album dates great. <laughs> so they did a good job on this. <laughs> no problems there. No, it does sound really good. I'm saying that CNC Music Factory didn't date so well. Oh, themselves. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> uh, okay, so what do you have? Of course, the title track, Emotions. Such mm-hmm. a good song. If It's Over and Can't Let Go. And I actually, those are my favorite three off the album, and they're the three that I've submitted for consideration nice okay so those are the three i have off the album as well oh really yeah and i but i i favorited favorited emotions and if it's over okay but can't let go is really good as well isn't it i can't let go is also very good i just have a lot let it go 
I know. <laughs> but when I look at my whole list, it's not. It's not there. It's not. It, mm-hmm. I, I guess you've got a, a whole album of Christmas songs that you've got to try and fit on there as well. So it does make it hard. <laughs> oh, no, we'll get to one of my favorites. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, okay. moving on to the 1992 MTV Unplugged EP. Do you have anything on that one? I didn't select anything off it, but there are some really good tracks. That's the one with Albie there, isn't it? Am I right? Yes. Yeah, yes. That's a, that was a really amazing version she did of Albie there. The vocal take on that is extraordinary. And I still, like, I didn't even need to listen to that EP before I listened to it because I still remembered that song note mm-hmm. for note. Like, it's, it's a really good version of it. Um, I didn't pick it for my list. I, I just felt like in terms of putting a cover on, I actually think she's a really good songwriter and I could think of 12 songs that she wrote that were better than I'll Be There and that's why I didn't put it on. That's a good point. Um, I have a few covers on my list that we'll get to and I agree with you, but this this cover just stands out so strongly in my mind. And like listening to that. And like you said, like, you don't even have to put it back on. You can like hear it in your head. It's just, it's, I absolutely love it. And I did put it on my list. Um, okay. And that's that fair reason. enough. I, you know, I can, um, yeah, I can certainly go along with that thinking as well. It's, it's a great track. All right. Well, we'll probably come back to that one. Then we're on to 1993 Music Box, which was one of the highest selling albums of all time. She sold, I think it reached diamond status, which is over 10 million copies sold. She had just like blown up at this point and was one of the, like the biggest things in the world. And it's such a good album. Okay. So for Music Box, and she, she largely worked on this one with the same producers as well, didn't she? Um, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same yeah. team. This is while she was still with Sony. Like yeah. she was with Sony throughout or I guess on Columbia Records under Sony throughout the 90s and worked with a lot of the same team uh, for most for most, most of these. I think until we kind of get to like Butterfly, it's when things start to change a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. My selections for this one, I mean, it's a very strong album, so there's a lot of thought that went into this. I did listen to it a few times. Dream Lover, Hero, Without You. And Without You's a cover. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually favorited the same ones. I really like that. That's yeah. nice. I like it. I like it's, when things come together. Like, oh, mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. I would encourage our listeners to actually go back and listen to the original by Badfinger without you. It's also, it's a really cool song. Like if you listen to them back to back though, it's just Mariah Carey's take on it is just insane and like, blows the roof off of it i would also just encourage anyone listening to this podcast uh you know and if you're not that into mariah carey just do yourself a favor listen to her first three albums because they really do stand the test of time i I Mm -hmm. was quite surprised at how good they were for sure because you kind of think you kind of think like oh mariah carey like i'm like i used to listen to her when i was a kid but then you go back you're like holy moly like not only does she have just like the most amazing vocal chops but the songs are really good. Really so, good, yeah. Yeah. All right. 1994, Merry Christmas. Yes. Bring it. I love this album. I've listened to it so many times. I've got it, I've got it in my <laughs> record collection. I pull it out in November of every year. Like it's, you know, yeah. I, I really do love this Christmas album. I'm a big Christmas album, man. 
And uh, yeah, this one is right up there. It's so good. And I mean, you can't go past All I Want for Christmas. It's you. That is going on our list. I mean, come on. Am I right, Nicole? 100% agree with you. You Thank can't. Thank you very much. Yeah. And that song on it, Miss You Most at Christmas Time, that's in the uh, Love Actually soundtrack, right? I'm pretty sure. I, well, I mean, All I Want for Christmas is You is definitely in the Love Actually sound. It's the, the one that little girl sings at the end. Yeah. Um, but And Miss You Most at Christmas Time might be. But, I mean, All I Want for Christmas is You, like what that did – it still does. Like I said in the intro, like it's still hitting number one, all these, well, now hitting number one, all these years later, it is a Christmas classic. I think we can all agree that it is in the canon of classic Christmas songs at this point. I mean, cheesy as people may find it, like it is such a strong, great pop song. We had, I was in a little jazz dance group when I was like eight years old and it was around the recordings. I have some pictures, no videos, pictures. I still remember the dance though. So whenever it comes on, yeah, there's a little jazz square and some jazz hands. But I mean, this song, and this song was new back then, but man, it really has stood the test of time. (laughs) I love it. it Yeah, it's great. Um, Okay, so we agree on All I Want for Christmas is You. Moving on to the 1995 release. Oh, how, Gage. How, wait, wait, wait. I, I, did you just choose that one song? Yeah. Of it? Like, mm-hmm. You didn't consider any others? Like, I'm not surprised for, by this. Not, for, not if we only have 12 spots. Mm, like, you see, mm-hmm. for me, Missy Most at Christmas Time is, like, definitely one of her best songs. I love that. Are you going to put two Christmas songs on our 12-song list? Hell, yeah, I'm going to put two Christmas songs on my list. Like, yeah. it's a brilliant song. It's so good. Um, I love I love that. I mean, we have Daydream to get through. We have Butterfly. We have Rainbow. We have way more albums. Yeah, but then after that, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Daydream, what do you have? Daydream. This is where she starts to get some like rappers and hip hop artists yeah. on board. This is uh, a cool album. This is a really cool album. And it is. This, it, I, this might be my favorite Mariah Carey album. This is importantly also where Remix Mariah came in, where she started getting a lot of people to work on remixes for her tracks and you know, she'd also work on remixes with them. Um, and just really kind of reinvent the wheel. She later on did like, I think it was a double album of best of remixes for Mariah Carey. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, it's pretty insane. Like the tracks that are on there, like a lot of the remixes that were done are better than the originals. Like it's very, you know, going back to our Madonna podcast, like it's very similar in the way she did the remixes. Like, you know, they were a real kind of focal point for her, I feel, in in her releases. And, you know, a lot of the videos she, she released would be remix videos. So she was really trying to push the envelope with the music. And I think she really succeeded in doing that. To the point, like an example with like Fantasy, the Fantasy remix on this is so cool. And uh, we should mention too that this is where she starts working with Jermaine Dupree, who we see his name pop up on like most of the rest of her albums. At, yeah, from this yeah, point. He's, a con- he's a constant after that, definitely. And did I did we forget to even talk about some of her music videos here, like the Dream Lover music video, which is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Her music videos were always pretty cool, and, and she also central. directed most of her music videos actually. 
That's cool. But it's sad if you watch the earlier ones. I don't know if you've watched like, I don't want to cry. Or like there's some like really sad ones where she's just like trapped in these rooms and she's alone. And that was like <laughs> during her time, during this time when she was married to Tommy Mottola and like. Sounds like 2020. It was so sad. And then, and then you could get dream lover and she's like in a field dancing with the little backup dancers. And it's just so beautiful and amazing. And I love it. Um, (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) daydream. What do you have? Look, uh, daydream. I had fantasy always be my baby. And look, I actually really love the fantasy remix on here. And I, I like to kind of say like, you know, I've kind of pushed for having that over the, over the original version of the song. And is that the one that has um, Old Dirty Bastard on it? Yes, yes. Yeah. His his take is just insane. It's so cool. I agree with you on that for sure. Good. Good. Because I also have Fantasy and the Fantasy featuring Old Dirty Bastard or the remix, and I think that one should definitely be on the list. Yeah. Um, It's it's just, I mean, even that moment is so – iconic in my mind, at least, um, when that came out, I also have, let's see, fantasy, one sweet day, open arms, always be my baby in the fantasy remix. All right. So we agree on for always be my baby, right? Yep. And, and the fantasy remix. Yep. And the fantasy remix, but you didn't do one sweet day. Yeah, which is good, but it didn't stick with me. With boys to men. Oh man. Yeah. And look, I think, you know what? I think you're coming across that's your kind of boys to men influence. Like, you know, the fact that you're the president of the American fan club of boys to men um, is really coming into play here because, you know, I don't think you would have chosen that if you weren't the president of the boys to men fan club. <laughs> you know what? Actually, it's funny you bring up fa- fan clubs <laughs> because I don't know how I left this little fact out. Also, when I was in third grade, about eight years old, some girlfriends and I, we, we would do like show, they would do show and tell. And for show and tell, whenever it was one, I think there were like five of us in the group. Whenever there was one of our turns to do show and tell, we performed a dance to a Mariah Carey song. And we were the Mariah Carey dance club. And we even like wrote her some mail and asked her to autograph a picture for us. And we never got a response, but, um, yeah, that's gonna Mm -hmm. hurt. Mm -hmm. Well, we kept on, we kept on, you know, we kept making up dances. (laughs) It's really nice to hear that both you and I have participated in dances for artists on, on this podcast. (laughs) It's a requirement. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, multiple Mariah Carey dances. Like that was, I mean, she was my hero. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At that in the 90s oh my god shall we go to the next album <laughs> <laughs> yes i need to find these pictures and send them to you um yeah 1990s <laughs> yeah we need to get like a website going with like photos of kit when he was dancing to prince cream in school and then <laughs> in your tights and then uh, that, that was madonna getting to the groove thank you very much <laughs> no oh yeah you're right that was yeah you're right sorry <clears throat> of course but you have the whatever moving on butterfly <laughs> 1997 <laughs> <laughs> okay i had honey my all the roof and breakdown and for those who've read the 
autobiography that we're talking about, it does centre a lot on this album as the a lot of the songs were kind of coming out of the divorce and finding new love with someone else. Um, and so a lot of the songs in here are quite personal to her. So that probably does have a bit of an influence on what I, you know, thought were the best album, songs on this album, you know, especially being The Roof. Um, that you talk about and break down my all. But um, I actually only stuck with Honey on this one, although it's a good album, but for me, Honey was the only sticking one. I mean, this album is pretty much, not, I don't know if it's so much about, I mean, yeah, definitely about her breakup, but like definitely about Derek Jeter, who she started seeing as she was like exiting her marriage. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's therefore about all those emotions that are going on. Oh really. man, it's all about him. I mean, she, she, um, she, she jumps straight into another. So it's that whole, you know, the, the cocktail of emotions that's going on inside us spewing out onto these tracks. So I also have honey. I have butterfly, which was like her little, like, you know, breaking away song. Um, <laughs> spread your wings and prepare to fly. I loved it. I love it still. Okay, Honey, Butterfly, Whenever You Call. And can we talk about her cover of The Beautiful Ones with with uh, Drew Hill? We can. Please talk. Um, I really want to <laughs> like it more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like really, really, really want to like it, but I just think nothing touches the original on that. That's probably why. I think there is that thing with a lot of her collaborations. There are some ones where you look at it and go, oh, I really want to favorite that because like that's a cool collaboration, but it actually doesn't stick out as like a standout track. That, be- yeah. that being said, like, you know, there are other ones like the ODB fantasy remix track we were talking about that does. So, you know, sorry. Let's just keep going, shall we? Well, Honey, I I don't know. I really like this album, but for me, the standout is Honey. Um, Okay, now we're on Rainbow, 1999. So Rainbow, 1999. So you got Heartbreaker, co-written and produced with Jay-Z. How much featuring Usher, Tupac as a writer? Got a question mark on that. I'm not sure. Uh, Yeah, well, okay, so Tupac is... Uh, noted as a writer on that song, but I put a question mark because this was after he already died. So I don't know if there's like, if there's uh, a sample. So I was trying to do, I, I was trying to do some research. I was like, is, was this a sample? She like, she loved Tupac, but I don't know if there was a sample or a line or something was borrowed. Um, I tried to research that and couldn't find anything, but you know, I'd is- like to bring in the uh, audience participation in this one. Um, podcast fans go out there. Have a look, see about Tupac's involvement. Let us know on our socials. It'd be great to hear from you. Thank you. Yeah. The song is How Much featuring Usher. What was Tupac's involvement on this song? Uh, I went with on this album Heartbreaker, you know, featuring Jay-Z. It's it's definitely one of her strongest songs. I love it. And Jay-Z, you know, the whole uh-uh thing. It actually works really well. Mm-hmm. It's cool. So I had Heartbreaker also and... I really love the Against All Odds cover, but maybe I, I have too many covers on my list at this I'm point. S- uh, look, I'm really sorry, but like I tried listening to that song and it was terrible. Like You didn't, oh, we wildly differ I, on that one. Oh, like, shoot. I, I listened to it a few times because I know you like it and I tried to give it my best <laughs> shot. But each time I was like, she's done nothing with this track. All she's doing is a cover of it. And it doesn't sound 
anywhere near as good as the original and it's just oh man i don't agree right like mariah can do so much better than that cover oh man i think she sounds amazing on that cover beg to disagree Oof. All right. Well, that's, <laughs> oof, that, that one hurts a little bit. Man, I would like, belt that one out every time I hear it. Cool. Just <laughs> let me know when you're going to and I'll uh, go out for a smoko. <laughs> Do you guys say no, smoko over there? No. I'm loving you everything you're saying. Like ISO, you're an ISO and okay, no. You guys don't say ISO? No, <laughs> but I really what? like it. Does the rest you of the guys- world not say ISO? Are we the only <laughs> ones? You guys like you guys and the British shorten everything. Smoker, ISO, you know, it's all about the O's. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. I'm going to start using it. <laughs> I hope our listeners will too. So then you had 2001's greatest hits. So, uh, so I did have a couple mentions on this one. Oh, she added some songs to this album that were not previously released. So yeah. she has "When You Believe" with Whitney Houston which was mega, mega hit. It's it's a really, Um, really good track, that one, actually. I do like it. I I was tempted to chuck it on, but I didn't end up doing it. But I did really like it. And then she also, I really like Sweetheart also. Yeah, Sweetheart's a good one. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't choose any of them from my final list. But I do think they're worth mentioning. Thank you for mentioning And I really like them. them. You're welcome. Okay, so now we move on. She's broken free from her deal with Sony. She's on her own. No, she's with the, what, Virgin? Virgin yeah, Records and, this point. and what's she going to do? Glitter. A bloody movie and soundtrack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, funnily enough, her former label still had all this control over because they, they had the rights on the movie, right? So it was like this weird, like, to and fro situation where actually all her creative choices started getting taken out of it. Um, you know, like as well, she's saying in the book that you know her ex-husband was having influence over it and basically, you know, destroying the story that she wanted to do and all this stuff. And like there were just constant edits and everything, and there was nothing that she could do because it was the way the deal was done for the movie. And it's just like, and why are you doing it? Like you know, you're ripping yourself out of the label, but you're still attached to it. And what a mess! What a messy time! And it really comes out in this, I think. Like. In and the, I think she movie and and the soundtrack like just oh well I think she really really wanted to be in movies I want to be and a I star. Think she, I think she was she was holding on to it one little one little thing I thought was interesting though when she talks about how the song Lover Boy she was gonna use the Firecracker sample by Yellow yep. Magic Orchestra yep. but Tommy Mottola gave it to J Lo for yeah, I'm Real yeah. so he was kind of like sabotage i thought that was an interesting little fact and he was he was he was trying to sabotage her for sure oh yeah i don't know if we can totally blame him on the failure of glitter but you know there's definitely she was definitely in that transitional period and probably going through a lot like in her personal life and it just sort of bombed all that said though there are a few songs that i do like on this album (laughs) sure (laughs) i like her last night a dj saved my life um, with Buster Rhymes. Yeah, look, um, I remember that being quite big, but I also remember it being a bit like, yeah, you can do better. Like, yeah, you know, they don't do I too had- much with it. Buster Rhymes, he's probably an, a rapper for me that hasn't aged that well, and I, I think this track hasn't aged that well. I also liked Reflections, and I also like Loverboy. Um, yeah, Loverboy, Loverboy is a good track. 
Yeah. And none of them made my final list, but I did want to mention them. I don't think Glitter was a... Go back and listen to Glitter, people. <laughs> I didn't mind the movie, actually, when it came out. I thought it was kind of kind of nice. <laughs> well, you were also about 17 years old or something around that time. Hey, um, I'm, I'm with the hashtag justice for Glitter campaign. Okay. You know, you're like, a real, you know, you're a real lamb. Yep. 2002, Charm Bracelet. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I just, it didn't stick with me this one. Like there weren't any tracks on there that I would consider as being amongst the best and yeah, I don't know. It just kind of fell flat with me. Yourself? I feel the same. I feel like she was still trying to crawl her way out of like, she, she was still in a dark, dark period. Yeah. This was a transitional period. I don't think Charm Bracelet was very good. But then we go three years later to 2005 and she has a mega hit with The Emancipation of Mimi. This That album got, she won three Grammys for this one. These were the rest of her Grammys. Uh, yeah. The best female R&B vocal performance for We Belong Together. Best R&B song for We Belong Together. And it also got the best contemporary R&B album that year. Right. So she, I- she came out of the dark. I think this is going to be a recurring thing for the rest of the albums is that I haven't selected any further songs. And it's because like, it's not because the songs are terrible. It's not because her career waned or anything. It's just more that the quality of her early stuff was so, so strong that even for a song like We Belong Together, which I, you know, I agree, like it's worthy of all those accolades. um, I feel like there's better songs in her back catalogue and hence I didn't pick it. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to mention we belong together and shake it off, but I'm the same. And I think saying that we can probably, if, if you don't mind, we could probably skip over then e, the next few. And I just wanted to mention a couple things that I liked, like going, jumping all the way to the 2020 release, The Rarities. I really like the song Save the Day with Lauren Hill. And she also has an acoustic version of Close My Eyes on that album, which I think is better than the original. But I agree, like everything sort of between that didn't really stick with me. Um, she does have another Christmas album in there, though. Did you want to say anything about that? Their t- 2010 Merry Is Christmas that, to it, you? Yeah, look, not really. Like, you know, I appreciate the remixes and the redos of quite a few of the songs on that. Um, for me, it was just more a cash-in on the success of the first one, t- to be honest. Like, it is good, but, you know, it doesn't it doesn't touch that the feeling that I get listening to that first Christmas album. No, but she does have a duet with her mom on that one, which I thought was. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. That's cool. All right. Well, I think it's safe to say we can start uh, wrapping this up and seeing what we want to put on our final 12. All right. So looking back, we have 15 songs that we both agree should be on the final list. So we're going to have to look at these and see what we think. Okay. Yep. Cool. So we've got starting from the top, we have vision of love. Emotions, If It's Over, Dream Lover, Hero, The Without You Cover, All I Want for Christmas is You, Always Be My Baby, Fantasy Remix, Honey, and Heartbreaker. And that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> wow, that's pretty eleven. Good, like, that's a really good list. And I'm like I, I think, you know, our similarities on, you know, the songs that we've selected there, like actually really, you know, sort of put together a good bunch. Like I'm really happy with that 11, like, you know. And, of course, there's a, there's a few great ones. I mean, I would definitely 
definitely give you I'll Be There. Like that's a great version, that one. Um, oh, do you to have that one as our 12th? Yeah, I mean, I because yeah, I, I, I was umming and ahhing over it. Um, I mean, another one is, you know, like the We Belong Together one. Um, it's quite good. Um, I don't know if I'd put that as my favorite, favorite. So, I mean, yeah. if, if there was anything I, if looking like something that I feel like is missing for me, what's missing would be um, someday. Someday, yeah, someday. So, and, and someday I did have in my selection as well. Um, but I mean, I would, I would almost do someday because we do already have a cover on there. We have Without You, which is a cover. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm, as I'm, much as I really love, I'll be there. I love it, love it, love it. I think, I think someday needs to be on this. Yeah, I'm. Ha- I'm happy with someday being on this. Um, one thing I want to speak about here, people, is the song "Hero." Now, I don't know about America, but being in Australia and hearing that song for me, it's the live version. Um, the music video that was that was put out for this one. Uh, was the live version of it. Um, it was the, mm-hmm. um, that recording she did of all the tracks. Um, and it's such a strong version. Like I don't, I can't imagine Hero without the screams of the crowd when she hits those high notes. Mm. Um, like for me that really makes it. And um, I would really, really like to pitch for the live version of Hero over the studio version. The studio Ooh. version for me is a, is a little limp. It's a little kind of just a studio band recording it. Like it doesn't have the warmth in it that that the live version does. And, you know, if, if anyone's got any arguments with this, go back, compare the two, and you'll see exactly what I mean. I can give you that. Do we know if was a live version ever released anywhere? Or is it just like something, like it's just the music video? Look, I reckon if you can find the live version on, you know, on those, on the channels that we'll put this up on, mm-hmm. then. Then we'll add it. Yeah, then then have that over the recorded version. Please. Okay, yeah, I can get down with that. To, yeah, because I mean, I can get down me, with my that. memory of Hero is the live version. I, and I remember like when I was listening to, to Music Box and Hero came on, I was like, what the? I was like, oh yeah, it's the live version that like that I really remember and that kind of sticks in the head. And without without that live version, this song just doesn't quite grab me. So yeah, hmm. that's my two cents. All right. Anyway. Well, no, that's good. I like that. It's a good good version. Um, I also want to say while we're talking about live videos, like performances. I encourage everyone to go back and watch her Vision of Love Grammy performance, which is just flawless. It's insane for how young she was. I mean, just for anything. I mean, it's just such an amazing performance. Um, So I highly encourage our listeners to watch that, to watch the Dream Lover video, and to watch the Always Be My Baby video. Uh, Just watch them all. The Heartbreaker video is great, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shall we do a final recap of the final 12? Our final list for Mariah Carey, favorite songs by Mariah Carey, goes Vision of Love, Someday, Emotions, If It's Over, Dream Lover, Hero, the live version, Without You, All I Want for Christmas is You, Always Be My Baby, Fantasy Remix, Honey, and Heartbreaker. 
That's a great list. Well done, Nicole. We've done it again. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now go enjoy our list. Be safe. Thank you for listening to Favorite Songs By. You can find all episodes with accompanying playlist on Spotify at Favorite Songs By Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Favorite Songs By. And if you like what you heard, please share us with your friends. Favorite Songs By was created and produced by me, Nicole Pruch, with help from Kit Atkinson. Special thanks to our co-producer and engineer, Mike Santos.